Welcome to the iPod, a new podcast series from Ophthalmology Times, where twice each month we engage with key opinion leaders in interviews about the latest innovations in the areas of surgery, clinical diagnosis, drug therapy, research, technology, or practice management. I'm Julianne Mobilian, Associate Editor with Ophthalmology Times and your host. We're here today with Donna Suter, who is President of Suter Consulting in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Donna is an ophthalmic practice management expert with more than 20 years of expertise. She has provided us with countless practice management articles and knows how to run an ophthalmic business like the back of her hand. Donna, welcome. Today, we're contrasting successful marketing tactics used by younger versus older ophthalmologists. Before diving into different tactics, let's pull back the curtain and first talk about why that drives each generation. So my first question, the new graduate or practice owner, how can this ophthalmologist attract patients to their brand new practice? And what types of attainable goals do you recommend they set? Well, first off is I wanted to pull out the old school. I recommend that all new practices use the resources that are available through their local medical association or their chamber of commerce. You know, what happens is opening a practice is such a huge life event that it's easy to forget that others may not be aware of your practice, even after it's been up and running for a while. So it's important just to stop and continue over and over again to get that message to people who can be your referral sources. Write letters to other professionals, send them emails or texts. Give away as many of those newly minted business cards as possible. The goal, of course, fill the book with patients, but patients that you want to serve. Now, the tension is created when the phone fails to ring. Uh, Sometimes they're most extroverted employee to become the marketing expert, and they feel that this is a good, low-cost solution because marketing can quickly be very expensive. Now, this can really work if you know what segment of the market you want to serve and have have an employee who has strengths and weaknesses that you really think you know, that you have a handle on. Because you see, everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. It's hard to hit a home run with each marketing message, and it's easy to cast blame. Striving for perfection. Perfection in the practice is always admirable, essential, and it's especially good on the clinic care. We want that, right? Well, perfect messaging does not exist, especially with low-cost marketing ideas. Adopt the philosophy of do it, track it, move on. So what do you think their biggest obstacle will be? And this is assuming the employees have the same strengths and weaknesses and the desire to get it right. Well, strengths and weaknesses and getting it right aren't these the issues that cause hurt feelings in all areas of our lives? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So in planning marketing tactics, the doctor says marketing and they mean one thing. When that extroverted tech or that tech-savvy employee or your Cracker Jack administrator tries a few things and then they don't yield the results that are expected, well, my advice is to take a deep breath. When the options are doing nothing versus doing something that's nearly there but maybe not quite perfect, the risk of not acting outweighs the risk of acting on a less-than-perfect marketing idea or tactic. So let's look at the worst-case scenario. 
which really isn't that bad and certainly better than doing nothing. And that would be that you and your employee pick the wrong promotion or message to put out there. So what I suggest is getting into the swing of things with small goals each week. This doesn't have to be anything fancy. Now, it can be as simple as writing detailed steps and deadlines in your calendar app. Now, let me show you how that would work. On Monday of each week, call X number of businesses about, oh, a first aid for chemical eye burns after hours presentation refreshment. Wednesday of that same week, modify the same list to create a um, small eyewear frame pop-up event in your dispensary, okay? So it's two events in one month, right? So here's my simple list, four weeks out. Remember, you do this on Monday with one event, Wednesday for the second event. Days of date notifications via email, electronic newsletter, and online posting. Three weeks out, create a Facebook or other online event of bulletin posting, you know, printed out to hand out to nearby stores and businesses as is appropriate to the event. Oh, and post flyers while you're out there. Two weeks out, newsletter or email with details. Live announcements for everyone, to everyone, by everyone. One week out, post reminders of the event online, follow up on the telephone with anyone who has indicated an interest who or who has RSVP. Now, if you think no one's going to come, that's when you call everybody's mom, by the way. <laughs> well, those, those sound like really good stuff. So kind of building off of that, what are some common pitfalls that you've seen, and how can a new ophthalmologist better mitigate potential disasters? These customers make any paid advertising work better. Did you notice that I said customer service versus patient care? Yeah, actually, I didn't until you pointed it out. <laughs> well, this is because exceeding patient expectations usually has little to do with excellence in care. It's about perception or messaging. And, of course, outcomes are good, too, right? So a way to turn a happy patient into external marketing is through shareable online videos. Creating a less than 60-second video of a happy patient that can be shared and posted across a variety of online platforms, that is an excellent way of taking that in-office buzz you're creating and turning it into an external marketing strategy. Mantra. All marketing activities, including these cute little videos that you love to make, do it, track it, and move on. I'm just curious. So do it, track it, and move on. So when you say move on, is that just more projects that are similar or just try new things or both? Well, if it worked, then see, continue to build on it. Direct mail, for example, if you send out multiple mailers to the same target audience and you just change the way it looks, you get basically the same results for 12 times. Could they just do the same thing similar? So another question for you. Millennials are tech savvy these days, and I'm sure the millennial ophthalmologist is no exception. So what millennial behaviors should these newer ophthalmologists embrace when it comes to marketing? Well, posting your life online can translate into marketing messages. The important thing is for the doctor and the staff to brainstorm and think about what would appeal to, I'm calling them, an ideal patient, meaning that segment of the market that you want to attract. Craft your message to get the attention of just that patient, the patient profile that you've built. 
Others will see it and respond, but you want to go after the patient you wish all your other patients were just like. That's really interesting. So we've touched on new doctors and millennial ophthalmologists. Let's switch gears and discuss marketing tactics for the baby boomer generation. What marketing tactics do they commonly employ to attract new patients? And building off of that, are there any drawbacks to those methods? Well, older doctors tend to ignore the power of online reviews. These doctors think that the secret sauce is to sign up for the right managed care plans and the ringing phone will save the day. A flaw in this logic is, again, the quality of the patient's calling. Owning a practice is stressful, and I don't see an issue with wanting to provide the best care to the patient you want to serve. So older doctors, they sometimes settle for just people in the chairs, They have busy, so they think they're successful kind of thing until they look at their net. Now, I don't want them to settle. The search for that perfect patient begins with building that profile that we were talking about. And a profile means things like where a patient lives, where they shop, where they hang out, where they buy their groceries, all that. And then your challenge and your marketing team's challenge, which probably is just a group of people sitting around the coffee table or local coffee shop, is to get your practice seen and associated with those venues. So technology has a huge role in our lives. Building off of that, how have the baby boomer and the Generation X ophthalmologists, how have they learned to adapt to these new technologies? Sure. Everyone thinks Facebook and websites. New technology can mean also using an add-on service to generate online buzz. Grab the positive impressions that your patient has post them online in the search engine. New technology can also mean impressing patients with the use of technology. And I just give you a quick example that I thought of. HIPAA means that you can't share my retinal images. You could give me a digital copy of my image with your practice name embedded in the corner, and I bet you a coffee at that coffee shop that someone's going to post it online, right? I would definitely not bet against you. (laughs) That's how we can use technology to add it on to what we're already doing, make it easier, and just really just get in touch with the fact that we live life online now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. So in your years of practice, what do you think the sweet spot is when it comes to retaining traditional marketing techniques versus learning newer ones? Is there a middle ground, or is one way better than the other? What have you seen? Well, as I've thought about that, and... Marketing always means being comfortable with taking risks. You know, you're seeing 1% to 5% of your gross in this vague, hard, you know, like jello on the wall category called marketing. I want the practitioner to feel they're riding a roller coaster, slightly out of control, but there is safety there. You know, ride the ride. Never spend your marketing budget without enjoying a return on your investment. And I've talked a lot about track it etc. Return on your investment, I'm talking about a minimum of five patients, five new patients from every marketing activity. I think that's a good that's a good benchmark. I mean that's certainly an attainable goal, um, if not something to strive for. So kind of going off of that other question too, so what can millennial ophthalmologists learn from this generation's marketing techniques and vice versa? Essentially what can these different generations learn from each other? Well the challenge is and it's a challenge for everyone, is that we want our messaging to match our face-to-face image. Uh, You certainly want it if you're using some kind of a dating app, right? So that's 
to merge. That's the sweet spot. Older doctors, now those guys and ladies, they're often the people that are best at face-to-face communication. They seem to know how to show their personalities, to connect with humanity and empathy, um, but they do it in a way that has professional boundaries built in. They're really good at creating relationships with patients, getting across, I I see you, I care, I'm here to help. If they aren't good communicators, they have learned that it's important to hire key staff people who know how to charm patients into becoming raving fans for the practice. Flip it to younger doctors. Oh, they know how to message. They tweet. <laughs> they have this intuitive sense of what message is appropriate where. Uh, they all know that Instagram and Facebook are different. <laughs> they know that the scope of virtual marketing is much broader and deeper than just those two platforms. And they respect the power of the online review. I think that's a good point. I think you recently, um, maybe it was a couple months ago, you wrote a blog about um, the power of online reviews. And I think that's a really good point because, they, you know, they're, they're popping up everywhere. <laughs> With this posting life online, it's not a bad thing. And it's just really a very natural way to spend time on marketing activities. But what's important is to think about not where you would want your peers to see you, but where that ideal patient lives. Because let's face it, let's say you're a millennial. Other than myopia, most people who are millennials, they're not going to wake up and have this burning urge to call and make an appointment with an ophthalmologist. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Think about what is really the sweet spot in your practice subspecialty and what type of patient has that type of eye condition. And everything that you spend money on, try to track that patient. Awesome. Well, we want to thank Donna Suter for her time, and you can find her blogs at ophthalmologytimes.com slash blog, or check out her website, donnasuterconsulting.com. 